This working from home, I keep blowing fuses. This is Serena Catania with OWC Radio. Mandy David is going to be online with us in just a few minutes. She's the president of JFD Communications and A Moment in Sign, which is a YouTube channel. We'll be chatting with her about how hearing producers can work with and empower the deaf community. I'm really excited about this one. I learned a lot from Mandy when I worked with her just a short while ago on a project. But in the meantime, OWC is having a huge sale for Father's Day, so I promised them I would let you know about it. If you go to maxsales.com or blog.maxsales.com, you're going to see a whole list of things that are on sale. Now, as promised, you want me to share some thoughts about production and workflow with you. So I would just give you one quick thought. You may need duplicates of some of your peripherals or some of the hardware. I keep duplicates in my laptop bag, in my Pelican cases, and in my staging area so that I can just grab and go. Some of these smaller peripherals that you use all the time and you also need on location, I don't know, I think it's kind of nice to have an extra copy there in the go bag, inventoried, and ready to be with you when you shoot. All right, that might mean you need to get duplicates, but it's worth it. All right, one quick note, Logic Pro updated. Check that out. Make sure you've got the latest version. Rocket Blog has some advice for you and some explanations of how to work more efficiently with OBS, which is the open broadcast software. There's a little drag and drop app on the internet at loudnesspenalty.com. That's loudnesspenalty.com. It will make sure that your audio levels are legal. And that's really important. You don't want to go all the way through your edit, output, and go to distribution and then find out that your media is either too loud or too quiet. You don't want that. All right, so we're going to start our interview soon, but I want to ask you, let me know by emailing to owcradio at catania.us. That's owcradio at catania.us, C-A. T-A-N-I-A, like my last name. And uh, let me know what questions you have, what workflow solutions you're looking for. Love to hear from you. And please remember to subscribe, share this with your friends. We would really appreciate it. And now, here's Mandy David. Listen in as she tells us how we, as creative producers, can work better, more efficiently, and more respectfully with the deaf community. I run a, an interpreting sign language agency, which is called JFD Communications, which actually stands for Just for Deaf, um, named purposely. Um, and I get to meet so many different clients and get to interpret for them. We, I do doctor's appointments, um, job interviews, um, trying to think of other little things, um, presentations, just one-on-one meetings in um, churches. I go and interpret at a church as well. So, um, and of course my audience are deaf clients who can't hear or not necessarily fully deaf. Some just are um, partially deaf, but still um, lean on sign language for communication. I think I first saw you actually working 
on a big stage at NAB, right? Where you were interpreting. Yes, yes. yes. I think that is the first time we met. <laughs> it was wonderful to see you at work. What you were doing there is you were, and also on the videos that you and I were doing together, you were talking tech. So I'm yes. thinking this woman is really good at this because <laughs> I can't imagine that there are a lot of standard uh, sign language words for the kind of technology we were talking about. And you were just in the frame, just like signing as fast as you could go. It was wonderful. But how did you get started with all of this? Tell us that story. Oh, well, I'm a little unique from a lot of interpreters. My um, dad is deaf, so I'm called um, a CODA, child of a deaf adult. And so I've been signing probably before I ever started talking. Um, he very much instilled in all of us kids, I'm the oldest of seven, and we all sign. Um, a few of us are interpreters, but, um, but we all can communicate with dad. So he instilled in us at a very small age that we were gonna communicate with him. And so we, that's how I got started. Interpreting professionally though, um, I interpreted for my dad, I did some church services and I do one-on-one -on -one meetings with him and whoever, but interpreting professionally, I didn't get started until about 18 years ago, professionally. And, um, and I fell in love with it. I just, I love doing it. I think it's just my passion because of my dad. And so I just fell in love with it and kept doing it. You know what I loved about working with you is that your inflection in the voice when you were signing and speaking for me, you were signing for Storm and speaking for me, but you were reflecting the emotion of what she was saying with her sign language, which for me as a hearing person meant a lot. But a lot of people when they're interpreting, they're not as animated as you are or as emotional. It's almost like you are translating not just the actual words, but the emotion behind the words, which I think is probably very important for your clients. And that's probably why you work so much in addition to being <laughs> I, good at it, right? Yeah, I think so. I really try to do that. I think it's very important because on the other end, the deaf person wants to know the inflection of the hearing person. So if the hearing person is acting like they're mad, that should inflect on my face and how my signs are more abrupt because the speaker's mad. When the same token, the deaf person wants their voice to be heard the way they're inflecting it. And so if I just sit here monotone and they're, you know, animated and I just sit here and say, yes, and that's the way I want it to go. And this is how it's boring. And so I try to um, very much so try to make sure I stay within the spirit of how they're saying it. I think that comes with being comfortable and knowing you're really good at it and just being comfortable with knowing how to do it too. Some people are probably, especially in the beginning if they're interpreting, they're also struggling a little bit. It's not easy to yeah. do. How did you learn? You learned at home or did you go to I school did, for actually. it? Oh. Most people do um, go to school for it. I just, being with my dad all the time and having to interpret for him and then other deaf people that were friends of his would say, hey, Mandy, come interpret for me. And so I'd get pulled into situations at a very young age. I started about 10 with a lot of my dad's deaf friends and stuff. And they would pull me aside and say, can you come do this real quick? And I'm like, I'm not qualified for this. I'm 10. <laughs> you know? But I just fell in love with it. And then I actually started working with deaf children, which I loved doing. And um, that, I think, got me more into where I could voice um, their, their um, intonation very well because deaf children are very animated. I mean, they just, you know, in their faces and everything. And I think that was the best thing I could have ever done. 
Well, you're a mom. That comes into it. They probably love the nurturing that you give to them emotionally as well as the sign language, I would think. I think so. I want to communicate to people listening the proper way to refer to a person who is deaf because when we first started working together, I actually had a couple of people say, you can't call someone deaf. Um, you have to call them hearing challenged. Can you clarify that for us? Because we want to be respectful. They, most of the time, I would say 99.9% .9 of the time, they want to be called deaf. They do not want to be called hearing challenged, hearing impaired, because that means there's something wrong with them. And to them, they're normal. They just can't hear. They just need an extra piece of help with um, communication. That's it. So they don't see themselves as disabled or impaired. They see themselves as, I just can't hear. Yeah, that's so, awesome. So deaf is the, the best way. Yeah, thanks for clarifying that, because I think it's very important, you know. You have a YouTube channel now, teaching people how to do some simple communications, and I, I'm i learning how to say hello to people. <laughs> Can you talk Yay! to us about that? Yes, that's my new baby that I've been working on since actually just about February is when I started. Um, the inspiration came from Blog University. I have been wanting to do something and just kind of wasn't ready to take that risk yet. And um, we got back and I told my husband, I said, I'm ready to go. Because I've had so many re requests for just conversational signs and situational mm -hmm. signs. And um, so I started a YouTube channel called Moment in Sign. And it just kind of walks you through some basic signs. And then eventually, hopefully I'll be able to get, when we can get out of this pandemic, um, get to where I could do some situational um, videos as well. But it's it's more for people who want to learn who may have a deaf friend, a deaf family member, or they've run into people in the coffee shop or at the grocery store standing in line and thought, geez, I wish I'd love, I could say hello. Or if I could just say, you know, they asked you a question, you know, just simple, simple little conversational skills. So that's YouTube, a moment in sign. M-O-M-E-N-T-I-N-S-I-G-N, -E -N -N, a moment in sign. That's awesome. I visited it, and I really love what you're doing there. I think people should go and check it out and learn a little bit. It's it's like learning a new language. It's It wasn't as easy for me. I had to rewind your videos a few times to get it. You know? okay. I'm quick, too, and I try to slow down and try to show from different angles because I think that's important because a lot of the signs are not 2D, obviously. They're three, you know, they're... 3D and they move, you know, so right. if you show it just from the front end, you can't always tell well, what, what direction is she going with what hand. So I like to do it from the side. So you'll see me turn a little bit sometimes to show a sign and to make sure you're getting a good angle. Oh, that's good because I know there was the number nine was similar to another word in sign. The letter remember. S, uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> that's pretty so subtle. I, what I do to make the difference, the difference between is I take my, and it's the, I'm right hand dominant. So your right hand. And I try to make my pointer finger just kind of tip over the thumb a little bit. So it looks like an F because nine is just your pointer touching your thumb, but it's also F. So I like to make just that little pointy thing so that they can tell this is an F, this is a nine. <laughs> Give us some advice about we as business people, if we're in an environment where we're working with someone who is deaf, how do we how do we interact with the interpreter and the deaf person? Can you give us some tips? 
Absolutely. The one thing, my biggest pet peeve, a lot of people do it and they don't know, is they always um, confront the deaf person in a third person when they have an interpreter and they act like they're talking to the interpreter and then they'll say, she needs to do this. It's, no, no, you're talking directly to her. So you need to go do fill this out. And, and so that's one of my top, top things is they're not a third person. You are actually talking to them. Yeah, you told you told me that and that really helped. And I remember when I was interviewing on the internet and you had told me that I was actually just looking at her and I was hearing you out of the side of my head, right? Yes. It helped me to communicate and really to feel what she was saying in addition to the words. So It does. Yes. And the other thing yeah. is it's just eye contact. Eye contact, you know, because a lot of people will look at the interpreter and I'll just be signing away and it, it'll annoy the deaf person. It'll annoy me. And once in a while, I'll step out of my role and I'll say, you need to look at them. You're talking to her. You're not talking to me. So, uh, so basically those two things are my top two that I just wish that hearing people understood that they're talking to the deaf person. I'm just there as a means of communication. You know, I've been wondering um, how, Deaf people are going to fare with everyone wearing masks out. Um, I think you mentioned yeah. that there's a solution coming for that. There is. I've seen a couple of um, people on Facebook who've been posting masks where they have the clear um, vinyl above the material, like in between the material. And that is fantastic because they, they, deaf people really rely on, on your lips, even though they're watching your hands. They still need that facial expression and they need to know, you know, if you're unhappy, your, your lips go, mm, you know, right. they need to, they need to see that. That's an important part of the language. It's not just what comes out off, off your hands. So I love the idea that they were making masks with the clear part around the, around the mouth. And then you can still see the eyes enough to know if somebody's happy, if they're sad or so. I really love that. But yes, I had a friend actually, a deaf friend who was in the hospital with COVID. And she said it was just so hard for communication because they all came in with the mask. She goes, and they would just ride on a board. That was my only, was her only way to communicate. So yes, it's it, the mask or have, have, has presented a really tough way for communication for the deaf. Yeah, I think that they're trying to fix that though. I hope that they do fairly I quickly. So. I also hope all of this is over with. You're quarantined at home right now, right? I am. Yes. Yes. And been working from home through video and um, mm. with all my clients. So that's been an interesting aspect of my, cause I'm used to going there in person. So it's been quite, quite interesting. I'm quarantined at home yes. too. I'm sleepless in San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> that's cute. <Yeah. laughs> so in terms of um, what you have done with your skills, what's been the hardest, what's the most challenging for you? Oh, believe it or not, I wasn't used to presentations and and stage presentations. And if I'm going to be candid, I and I and I don't have a problem being candid. Prior, I have done church services for a deaf pastor. I had voice for that. I voiced for little small presentations in a college setting and a college classroom and stuff like that, but not anything that big. So for me, that was challenging just because that was so different and new, but it was fun and exciting at the same time. You know, watching you talk about this, I'm thinking about how you'll see an interpreter picture in picture. And I'm wondering, you still need captions for that, right? But that seems like a really good alternative for both sides. 
It is actually, but yes, you still want to have captions, but yeah, the little picture or better yet, if you can have the interpreter on screen with you, um, a lot of times with this COVID stuff going on, I don't know about your state, but our state sometimes, depending on who's talking, you don't see the interpreter. And I think of what about the deaf audience? What if the captions, because they're live, they're not always accurate because they're not embedded in, so they haven't been transcribed and actually typed out correctly. So they're missing a lot of the stuff that they that we're hearing on a daily basis, even though it's a press conference because the interpreter's not on screen. So even if they could do a picture in picture, at least, you know, yes, they would be standing right by the mayor or the governor or whoever's speaking, the health the health director or anything like that. But at least if they're down here in the corner off being taped live stream as they're speaking, then at least the deaf community is is getting what we all are getting, you know, on top of the captions. Right. I think for video producers out there who might be listening, it would be important to ISO the interpreter. Oh, absolutely. Um, audio and video because, mm-hmm. you know, just in case. Yes. Yeah. So that that that's really a good thought. I want to uh, ask you another question. What ad agencies might be doing in the area of advertising and promotions. They have a lot of money, but I don't see a lot of advertising that has captioning in it. And um, I know that that there are people who are going out there in the field and they're helping to teach deaf children how to code and how to make video. What, what's happening with all of that? Can you talk about that? Yes, there's there's a lot going on. Deaf complain all the time that they don't get the access that everybody else does. And if they can't get the access that they need for your product or for your website or whatever it is, they'll leave and they won't go back to it. And my dad's the same way. He he would always say, what are they saying? What are they saying? And on that, on the commercials, because a lot of the commercials would not be captioned. And so, and it was frustrating to him because he's also blind in one eye from his retinas detaching and he can't read the captions as well. So it would always be like, what do they say? What do they say? What, what, what? And so I'd have to explain to them what they're, and it's like, cause he, cause he could see it was an interesting commercial, but he didn't know what was being said. So that's, that's very frustrating. And a lot of the advertising um, agencies and the, they need to think about that. They need to think about, go to their clients and say, look, you know, we have this market out here, this marginalized population that are not getting your message. They just don't know. And, So it's important that if you're not going to have the captions, then have it accessible somehow, you know, have it be a, an accessible commercial then if you're not going to have the captions there, but it's, we do have people out there trying to push it in the industry. It's just slow going. I first became aware of Storm, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, when she was working, uh, teaching, either teaching coding to deaf children yes it was deaf film camp and i okay because she was helping children edit and and code as well in their film at their at their film camp so and that's up in new york but i remember she was with children and i remember thinking how wonderful it is that she mm-hmm. was giving a voice <laughs> to yeah. you know to children who who couldn't hear and yeah. um the videos that came out of that were really interesting. And she's she had done some videos, I believe, before she ever even went to BBDNO. 
she did. Yeah. She uh, she did some she did some in Gallaudet as well. Right. And actually, she's back doing stuff at Gallaudet. She's also a mentor for a lot of the young people that want to go into the film industry and advertising. So I think it's really cool that she's 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 giving back. It was given to her, and she's given back, and I think that's great. Well, you are too, though. Doesn't it feel good to be doing this? It does. It does. It really does. And that was kind of why I did my YouTube channel. I told my husband, I said, I'm not in this for the money. I'm just in this because I know people want to learn because they keep asking me. And I think I could bring a unique perspective being a child of a deaf adult. And 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 I think that it's – I present a different way of learning the sign language versus just teaching it as vocabulary. I explain you know, this is a situation for yeah, my next video that's coming out is on the signs for springtime awesome. and, you know, different things that happen in spring. And so it's just kind of fun to just talk about that subject and just the signs related to that. And I'm sure there's some that I left out, but this way, it, you know, if there's a, a hearing child and a deaf child lives in the same neighborhood or the same block and the, and the kid goes, oh, I can go ask them if the Easter bunny visited their house, you know, that kind of thing that you wouldn't ever have if if they didn't know sign language at all. So I just want to bring a little bit of spark to somebody who's been wanting yeah. to learn yeah. hasn't quite. It's just easy. I never have more than about 15 vocab in my each in each video. I try to keep it, you know, not too many so it's not overwhelming, but keep it situational with that topic. That's so. the best way to learn. It's a new language basically. It's just a new language. And that's the best way to learn. You have to teach me how to say my roses are blooming. <laughs> ah, my roses. So this is flower. So you do an R and you do it on either side of your nostrils. So roses are blooming. Blooming. They're growing. They're blooming. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's awesome. So from a deaf person's point of view, if you can flip it around, we've talked about from the interpreter and the business point of view, from the deaf person's point of view, what do you think the hardest is for them in a, in a world that is, for the most part, hearing? The communication break. There's just, they'll, they get frustrated because they misunderstand things because people won't communicate things very clearly with them. Mm -hmm. They won't get them an interpreter so they can understand. They'll just pull them and they'll talk to them and they'll kind of yell at them thinking that they can hear. And it's like, well, yelling at me doesn't make me hear you any clearer. I can't hear. And I, but I know in talking and going to different meetings with deaf people, their biggest frustration in the workplace is that there's a lack of communication. You know, management's not willing to learn how to just text to me or they won't write. They made me read their lips and I don't, you know, depending on if the person has a beard or a mustache, it's hard to read their lips because you think about that. If you have a thick mustache and then you got a beard on top of it, oh yeah, you, you can't see very well. So, and, and some deaf people just don't read lips. So it, it doesn't, just because they're deaf doesn't mean they can. So, you know, just that communication barrier for them. And that's where an interpreter comes in. But honestly, you don't always have to have an interpreter. There's apps on the phone that you can text back and forth with. It's like tech, just texting, but it's a certain app that just mm -hmm. will go within the, within the company. Mm -hmm. And, um, but they use that a lot with her and she's good one-on-one -on -one anyway, but there's a lot of deaf people who aren't. And so, but it doesn't necessarily mean they have to have an interpreter. If it's just a one-on-one -on -one thing, writing stuff down is helpful, you know, just have a pad and, and pencil with you and just 
jot stuff down and just make, you know, have them read it. If they understand, have them write back. Okay. Or they could do thumbs up. I got it. And, mm-hmm. But that's their, that's their biggest struggle, struggle in the workplace is just the lack of communication and the lack of knowledge. Yeah. And I think there are some people who automatically with anyone who is challenged in any way or different from them, they question their ability, they question their intelligence, and you can't do that. That's so unfair. You have to acknowledge them as a person and see them as a person and understand that they're just communicating differently from you, you know? Right. So who's smarter in that instance, you or them? Exactly, (laughs) exactly. I had a client who was looking for jobs and she refused to put deaf on the application or that she needed help with communication because as soon as they saw that, they wouldn't even call her back. Oh, that's terrible. So when she would get a call back, she would say, no, I need an interpreter because I'm, I'm deaf. And nine Nine times out of ten, they would give her one, and then nine, and then that one time, they would say they wouldn't even call her back. Oh! So as long as she didn't tell them up front, she would get a call back or at least get an in-person interview. But then usually after that, they wouldn't call her back. And I'm sure they see it as a burden, but it really isn't because a lot of companies don't understand that you can write it off on your taxes. Um, at the end of the year, you can write off interpreting services off your taxes. And, um, and it's a return on investment because if, if they're a good qualified employee and the only barrier is that they just can't hear you're, if you provide them that access of communication, they're going to perform really well. And they're going to, in the long run, bring in business for you versus the opposite. I would be willing to bet that someone who is deaf and who has grown up deaf or some like, like for storm, for instance, I would be willing to bet they get an A plus in interpreting body language. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. They know. <laughs> and that's really helpful in a business situation. Uh, a lot of people are just oblivious to what the other person is feeling or doing and they're hearing the words or they're, you know, they're doing written communication. But if you have somebody on your team that can really understand the whole person on the other side of the bargaining table, I think that's a real plus. Because sometimes the body language doesn't match what people are saying. And I, yeah, I would bet you a a deaf person could pick that up immediately. Immediately, because they depend on that as part of their communication. So they can tell, you know, they really weren't interested because their body language. And I'll say, how do you know how they were standing? They were, you know, arms crossed and they were just kind of like, you know, or slouched in the chair and just not, you know. So, yeah, yeah, they're very helpful in a lot of that. Yeah. You know, I think we need more programming specifically targeted towards people who are deaf. And I don't see a lot of it. I know that there are people out there who are doing their best to tell video producers that they need to be doing this. But is that a viable marketplace? And is there anything out there for deaf people specifically? You know, there's not a whole lot there. Um, there is a camp for children called Deaf Film Camp. And I know a couple of deaf people who go and help during the summer and and they teach them how to film and edit from like beginning to end. They teach them the whole the whole process, which I think is fantastic. There is a company that's um, trying to form a, a deaf company that can just and not necessarily just deaf, but that have um 
disabilities, if you if if you mind, that can can do a um, editing and do the post production and do the filming and do the whole pitching and going to market and doing stuff like that. So there is they are trying to form something like that because they want the training for them. There's you know there's the Rochester School for the Deaf has a program that teaches film and 3D and 2D and but they don't get they they get done with school and then there's nowhere for them to go because the industry won't hire them. And so I think there's a lot of things that are trying to develop that I think you'll see coming shortly that will give give the deaf and other people opportunity to be able to work in this industry. I think that's wonderful. I, just that warms my that warms my heart. <laughs> <laughs> There's a school for the deaf right here in San Diego that's very active in the community. Yeah. And uh, I think it would be great if you could come visit and spend some time here. I would love to, um, yeah. Yeah, they probably would love. Um, one quick question back to the uh, the deaf camp for children. Yeah. Were the facilitators at that camp deaf as well, or did they have hearing people who knew how to sign? How did that work? It's It's all mostly deaf. Um, I think the people who run the camp might actually be hearing, but um, it was deaf teachers, um, the deaf, uh, the, the producers, the editors, all of them came in. They were deaf. The children were deaf. They're not, it's not a camp for hearing at all. They're all just deaf students from all around. And it's based in New York. And it's a, it's a wonderful thing. I've never been able to go. My husband has gotten to go. Um, I want to go one summer for sure. because But it's a two-week-long camp. And it's hard to get away for two weeks. And I, but then I, you know, I hate to be able to, you know, just go for one week and not go for the, for both. But I'm going to try to get up there at one point because it's, it's awesome what they're doing. And I hear a lot of good things about it. And I know the deaf kids enjoy it. I want to ask you about captioning on videos. Is that something you want to talk about? When do you do it? Do you do it all the time? A lot of people don't know that on YouTube, you can click that little CC button. Mm -hmm. And you can get very badly written yes. captions. They're misspelled and they're pretty bad, but it sometimes gives you the gist of what's saying. But can you talk about captioning and whether or not you feel it's important and, and Absolutely. why? Um, I believe it's very important because it's an extra way of communicate access to communication for the deaf population. Because a lot of deaf um, are not necessarily big D deaf. And when I say big D deaf, they were born, raised, did sign language growing up, big D-deaf. Little D-deaf may mean they lost their hearing at an older age or in the middle of their childhood when they had already developed their language. And so they don't necessarily totally rely on sign language, but they can't read your lips on screen. They can't, you know, they can't hear all the, the door slamming and all that kind of stuff. So they rely on the captions as well as a little bit of the audio that they have or if they have none at all. And I won't produce it. All of my um, sign language tutorials are all captioned. Uh, happen to be in Final Cut Pro, but um, you don't have to go that way. Um, YouTube audio generated, they just don't always, they just don't. They, you need to do something. There's a company called Rev, which will transcribe for, I think it's a dollar a minute. It's not that hard. I believe it's a dollar a minute. I believe Builder does some um, captioning as well. Yeah, I love the Builder solution for um, captioning, actually, because what Builder does is I work in Final Cut, too, and I'll output the XML, mm -hmm. 
and import it into Builder, and I'll make my cut in Builder, um, the radio cut, I right. call it, and then it'll bring it back in with captions. Yes. And then I just have to convert them and make them look good, and that's always that's always a pain. There are some ways of doing yeah. that, and that's a whole other video, which I'm going to want to do fairly soon, because captioning... I really believe that we should make captioning available to everyone and even the hearing needed yes. because a lot of times you're watching these videos and there's ambient noise yeah. or you can't hear the dialogue very well. I watch TV all the so time I think it's a skill with my husband and I'm like, why aren't the captions on? He goes, oh, I don't know. And so we'll go turn them on because I can't hear what they're saying and I have good hearing. And, and he doesn't necessarily want to turn it all the way up. And so I said, why are the captions on? So we rely, even even if there's nobody deaf in our household, we have captions on all the time in the house because I, I just like it. I, I want my kids to get used to it. I want them to see it. I want them to be instilled to do that. Our daughter is doing some editing at school and she puts captions in and she, she makes sure it's okay with the person's project. And she said, this is just part of it, you know, because of my mom and in the deaf community and my grandpa and, and nine times out of 10, they don't ask her to take them out, but it's just important to instill at a young age that we need to include everybody. And the only way to include everybody is to always have captions. And I would even say audio descriptions, but I'm not good at that. So I don't know how to do that part, but audio descriptions and captions, but especially captions. Yeah, like soft music, mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> fast paced music, yes. suspenseful exactly. music, big yes. bang. <laughs> you know, slams, it's, you it's important. You know, leaving the room. Right. And that's important because a deaf person all of a sudden just sees, you know, they leave, but they don't necessarily hear that they left mad and the door slammed and you can hear them punch the wall on the way out. They don't know any of that if it's not in the captions. So, yeah. Well, I'm going to encourage every video producer, every, anyone who is involved in video to caption your work, make it available. Yes. Learn how to do it. Make it available, uh, whether it's with whatever NLE you're using. There are captioning solutions out there. And I know the builder does transcripts for, I think, we're at 38 cents a minute now. And that includes all your captioning. So that's pretty it good. Is. And Final Cut's getting much better at handling the captions. They've been working on it for a while now. So I know that that has, has improved. So other than that... Um, I think another thing that people could keep in mind is keep this whole big segment of the audience in the back of your mind and maybe produce some programming just exactly. for them. Exactly. You yeah. know, right? Yeah, absolutely. The only thing I've ever seen that has just been geared toward deaf has been a little group, and I think they're based out of Ohio. It's a little Christian group, and they put on what's called Dr. Wonder Workshop. And it's it actually is a little corny a little bit, but it's cute because I like they're corny. I could go with yeah. corny. They're all deaf. <laughs> and it's like this, the scientist workshop and the people who work in there are all deaf. And some of them will wear like pink and blue wigs. And it's just, it's really cute. But Dr. Wonder is the scientist and they just have these little cute little shows and it's geared toward kids. And then they'll throw in deaf children in there for to do a song here and there. And they have, so it's, it's really cute, but it's the only thing I've seen that is totally geared toward deaf or deaf children. And I really think that, that we need more content out there. I, I love that Walking Dead brought in Lauren. She's a deaf um, actor mm -hmm. in the, actress in there. I love that. 
Um, I wish they would do more. I wish they would incorporate more sign language and, and maybe even just have shows for deaf, you know, get some deaf actors involved or, you know, some people who really are skilled. I, I hesitate to say skilled signers because the deaf, if it's a deaf show, they want it to be a deaf actor or actress, but sometimes there's not enough. But if you can get enough talent out there that are, that are deaf and that are willing to be involved, they need to make some shows for deaf. Yeah. I think we, I think we need to start being even more vocal about mm -hmm. that. Yeah, absolutely. Just absolutely. So tell us again, where do we go for your YouTube channel and where, where else do we go to find out more about what Mandy David is absolutely. doing? <laughs> well, now my company, JFD Communications, you can go to my website, which is um, www w.jfdcommunications.com and there that's all about my company i also have a facebook page called jfd communications um a moment in sign is um you can go to the youtube channel look that up i have an instagram i have a twitter but right now for some odd reason i'm locked out of it so we're trying to figure that part out <laughs> Uh oh! What did you I don't do? Know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, ah! I posted one picture on what? Instagram, and Twitter locks me out. I'm like, I don't know if I logged in wrong or something, but they locked uh -huh. me out. Interesting. But I do have a Twitter. That's um, okay. I also have a Facebook page, a moment in sign. So any of those ways, you can leave a comment, and I'll get back with you. Um, I have an email address. It's Mandy at justfordeaf.com. And that's a good way to, to reach me as well. And yeah, any any of those ways, but definitely go check out a moment of sign if you're interested in, in learning sign language, because it's gonna, hopefully going to be very fun and entertaining <laughs> down the road. Oh, I know. I know it will be. And I'm just so proud of you for taking the time to do all of this and everything that you do for the deaf community. Absolutely. I know that your dad is proud, too. <laughs> so I think he is. <laughs> Yeah. So leave us with some parting words. What do you have to say to both sides of this community about how we can work better together? I really, let's bridge the gap. You know, hearing people don't look at, at deaf as, a, as disabled and that they can't because they can. And deaf, looking at a hearing person going, okay, how can I help you help me? I think that's a lot of times as a deaf person just steps away and just says, I give up. I'm just not going to try. And I think if both sides can see the pic the bigger picture. They're not disabled. They just can't hear. And let me help you how to communicate with me. And I think if we if we did that, if we could bridge that gap, it would make the world a better place for both sides. We're gonna make some magic. Yeah. Mandy Davis, JFD Communications, and A Moment in Sign. You are awesome. Thank you for spending time with us today. And everybody listening, remember what I always tell you. Get up off your chair and go do something wonderful today, even though in this time of quarantine, it's probably in your own home, but I'm sure there's something wonderful you can still do for yourself or for other people. Have a great day, and thank you for tuning in. Don't go yet. I want to thank you the loyal listeners who tune in with us every week and ask you, if you don't mind, go to wherever you listen to this podcast, it's iHeart or Apple or Google or Spotify, and like the show and subscribe. Please subscribe. That would be awesome. 
And before we go, let's thank all the wonderful people that make this podcast possible. Larry O'Connor and the folks at OWC for sponsoring and the team behind the scenes in marketing at OWC, Chris, Mark, Jennifer, and Teddy. And to our associate producer, who is quarantined in Lithuania at the moment, Simona. You go have a wonderful week, and we will talk with you again soon. This is Serena Catania signing out.